2: Welcome to the Stephen Shields radio show today. I've got Audrey on. How are you, Audrey?
3: I'm great. How are you?
2: Good. Uh, You're a pop musician. Uh, I was listening to some of your stuff on uh, Apple Music and I think it's quite talented work what you're doing. Are you a trained uh, musician? Did you go to any university or what's what's your journey?
3: Sure. Yeah. Trained musician since I was three years old, actually. Um, So when I was two, I heard Vivaldi's The Four Seasons on violin. And I begged my mom to let me take violin lessons. Mm. And she said no. And I kept badgering her over and over again for a year. And then when I turned three, she finally said, okay, Uh, And so she would drive me twice a week, a half hour each way for two 15 minute lessons a week, because that's all that I could do as a Mm. Small child, um, So that was I started violin then and then sort of started singing when I was four in you know, preschool and then piano when I was five and songwriting when I was six and sort of eventually added also a guitar and drums and viola. So essentially just my whole life was since I was three was just all about music. Um, and then I did go to university as well. I went to Stanford Mm -hmm. um, for undergrad and then a master's and an MBA. So I was there for quite a while. Um, and that was more for the business side. So I studied computer science and then my MBA was for business. Um, so that was more kind of, I felt like I had the music side from all of my training for years and felt like the business side for a career as a musician was so important. And so that was sort of filling in, uh, filling in that side of, of, uh, of music as well. So,
2: Yeah, I, I did a Bachelor of Music in clarinet, uh, classically trained as well. So I oh. learned to orchestrate all my stuff. That's how I write music. Uh, I, we did a bit of the business side, but that's not not my field of work. It, um stick to the creative as much as I can. But I do like pop music as well. Uh, we had to transcribe a uh, pop track by Joanna Newsom. She's a harpist, and that was wow. quite difficult to do and actually do it for an orchestra. Wow. I
3: love harp. I've always wanted
2: to play the harp, actually. Mm. It's always got uh, different tunings as well, so they're always changing. But uh, you're a pop musician. Uh, I like your stuff. I Thank think you. it's really good. I was listening to it yesterday. Uh, and... Uh, you know how did you decide to become pop songwriter sure, yeah.
3: i just grew up listening to pop music i just i just love pop music my first uh, real pop music love was the backstreet boys i actually mm-hmm. when i was six i was in my first band which was called the backstreet girls we were a bunch of first graders and we sang backstreet boys songs so I, i've always been a boy band fan but i think yeah, I think honestly it was just that's the kind of music that I really always loved listening to. Um, also, I'm a big fan of musical theater and Disney stuff as well, so those are sort of my background vocally in, in those areas too. But I've just always loved pop music. I think I love catchy. It's upbeat, catchy, you mm-hmm. know, makes you feel good. That kind of that music is just great.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I like listening to Lady Gaga myself. I think Lady Gaga is talented as well.
1: Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe.
3: Yeah, I love Lady Gaga. She's tremendous.
2: Yeah. So uh, are you working on any albums at the moment?
3: Currently just writing a lot, um, more so focusing on singles, um, but have been all through the pandemic doing a lot of Zoom co-writes, which surprisingly, I actually really like. You know, there, of course, I miss being in person with people, but mm-hmm. there's something really cool about writing on Zoom where, you know, I'm here in my home studio and, mm-hmm. you know, we'll start working on a song. And, and you know, as a musician, I can record my my vocals here, or I have my piano right here as well. And, you know, also I'll have sort of my end of stuff. The producer will have their end of stuff and we'll kind of all work together. Um, and then the nice thing is if you if you get to a point where you. You, you can revisit songs that you're working on, which I think is kind of nice. Whereas I feel like often I would fly to LA or fly to Mallorca or wherever to write with someone. And I'm only there for that day. Wow. So there's no pressure of, Oh, you better finish the song that day. And with writing on zoom, I really have enjoyed being able to start work on something and then be like, ah, let's just, let's give it a couple days and come back and sort of ruminate on it. And I, I, I've really enjoyed that process, actually, as much as I do miss being in person with people. Mm. Yeah, so really yeah. focusing on singles. Yeah.
2: No, I mean, all that travel back and forth just to write a song. Wow. It's a lot. I used to
3: travel a lot. COVID has been so weird. I haven't been on an airplane in over a year, um, but I used to, I felt like I lived out of a suitcase. I would, yeah, I'd fly to. I live in uh, in South Lake Tahoe, Nevada, um, so I was there, but I would also spend a lot of time in the Bay Area and I was commuting to L.A. all the time. And for my album, Status Change, that I released a year and a half ago, I wrote those songs with different people in L.A. and London and Mallorca. So I was kind of all over the place. Uh, so definitely looking forward, though, to getting back into, back into traveling once things are opening up.
2: That is so cool to do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I do all my shows as a podcaster uh, remotely as well. So it does have an advantage with Zoom and Skype, but... um... Unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably been hearing a lot about the stock market lately. Millions of people are beginning to invest for the first time ever. And we're realizing that the financial system should be built to work for us. That's why Robinhood is creating real human education resources, truly digestible financial news, and a platform that lets you invest in your own way, on your own terms. The next generation of investors is already here. And it includes you, Robinhood. Investing is risky. Robinhood Financial, LLC. I did all my, like when I write all my stuff, I do it in my DAW or my computer. I do all the mastering myself. But if I was to give my stuff to an orchestra, they'd be able to play it, you see.
3: That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, no, I think, but I'm with you. I think there are some nice things about being able to do stuff remotely. I'm, my hope is that when we get back to our new normal, it'll be sort of a nice hybrid where we keep, the go- keep a lot of the good things about doing things over Zoom, but, of course, still have that, you know, get back to that in-person element mm. as well.
2: But all that traveling, because I, I, I've never experienced uh, all that commuting as a musician, only local to and from university. Does that take you, hit you financially very hard?
3: You know what? I, it's not too bad. I have, because I fly so much, I've got some good deals and miles with, you know, nice. I, you know, I was totally good on that. And I got to the point where the people at Burbank airport in LA knew me. So it was really, mm-hmm. I, I managed to work that out and I have people I stay with in various places. So, um, not, not too bad. Was able to, was able to make that work. Luckily.
2: <laughs> Do you travel first class business or economy? What's your preferred way to travel?
3: I mean, if my miles, if I have, my miles, I do have, I'm able to sometimes get into business from good, from good upgrades, um, given that I have lots of miles and stuff. So that's
2: what we want. We want business or first class.
3: <laughs> exactly. If you can, if you can get it, I don't pay for it, but if I can get it with some miles, then, then I'll take it. <laughs> the, food,
2: the food tastes better in business of first class anyway. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, no. Wow, that's you know. Have you have you been traveling since the pandemic, or is you, everything's remote for you?
3: No, I haven't at all. So I, the only thing I've done, I have gone between. Uh, I live in, as I said, I live in Tahoe, Nevada, and my my family lives in the Bay Area near San Francisco. So I've gone between. I'm in a bubble with my family, so I've gone between those two locations. But that's just a, a four hour drive. Where I always am like, I'm not even stopping for the bathroom because I'm not going anywhere. So I have not gone anywhere at all. I'm like very, I've, I have been the ultimate super, super careful person. My whole family has been like, haven't, not even going to the grocery stores, going nowhere just because I. My, gra- my grandma's 92 and for me I also, you know, I have some health issues and I also very much as a singer am terrified that what if I get lung damage from coronavirus or something that affects my singing. So mm. uh, I've been very careful. I've seen people for social distance walks and that's the extent of it outside.
2: <laughs> yeah, you guys have been hit very hard in the States. I mean, Australia, man, what's what's oh, going yeah. on there now?
3: Fine. and Australia's been pretty good, huh? Mm.
2: 911, What's es tu emergencia? Una camioneta,
1: una camioneta que hizo cruzar las vías, y el tren, ay Dios mío.
3: Señora, ¿me está diciendo que un tren le pegó a una camioneta?
1: Sí, yo pensé que sería cruzar, el hijo iba rápido, creo, y después,
2: ay Dios
0: mío, qué horror. No puede saber a qué velocidad viene un tren, por eso están los señalamientos de advertencia. Obedécelos. Alto, el tren
2: no para. Mensaje de Netsa. What's the, what's the situation uh, where you are?
3: Uh, you know, I think it's getting better. Honestly, it's hard to keep track of what all's going on because I honestly, a long time ago, stopped reading. I was at the beginning, I was reading the news every day to see how things are going, and it just got mm. to be much. But you know what? I think by April 1st, which is in a couple of days, they're opening up uh, everyone in the Bay Area to get vaccines uh, mm-hmm. for all ages. So I think the vaccines are going pretty well. I don't know how the numbers are. I think it kind of fluctuates, but I think things are headed in a good direction, which is awesome. So mm. we're starting slowly, but surely I think a normal life will is coming back.
2: No, that's so cool. Slowly, slowly in Sydney, Australia as well. Mm-hmm. You know, last year, uh, at the end of November, they put, there was the support act charity put on like a free concert. And that was like one of the best concerts I've been to just to get out of the house and go and watch some live music, oh, wow. various that's- musicians too, which is pretty cool.
3: Wow, I miss live music so
2: much. I think live music's better than pre-recorded, in my opinion. It's a better atmosphere.
3: Oh, I'm with you. My my by far favorite part of being a musician is performing live. I mean, I love write I love writing, I love recording all that stuff, but live performing is my real passion. So I and it's 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 sad. 2020 was supposed to be a big you know a big touring year for me, and that obviously mm. all got canceled. I played my last show. I played was last year, March 11th. Uh, at House of Blues San Diego and the next day is when Live Nation canceled all mm. shows for the rest of the year. I was I had another show canceled the day after that. That was obviously canceled like everything, uh, everything wiped out obviously. So I I think I played one of the very last live shows of, of the year last year, but I can't wait for that all to come back. That'll be awesome, hopefully soon.
2: <laughs> Audrey, has this hit you very hard financially as a as a yeah, musician? I mean-
3: Everything's kind of gone away. Like, yeah, all of course, all touring canceled. Mm. You know, you can make, of course, you make some on Spotify and you know iTunes, but not (laughs) it's not the same. So, yeah, it has. But I know it's. I think everybody's in the same boat. It's just tough. It's tough for everybody, and and hits different industries in different ways. So,
2: Mm. no, it's um, you're not the only one. A lot of the big greatest bands are like Metallica. I think had all the tour dates booked think Lady Gaga but they can't you know, yeah. talks about doing it on Zoom, but it's not the same doing a Zoom concert.
1: I've done a couple Zoom
3: performances, which is fine, but, yeah, it's not the same. Although, actually, fun fact, I had a real blast. So I mentioned that I also am a musical theatre person. Mm. So I was in a production of Mean Girls, the musical, on Zoom playing Regina George, who's, like, the the head mean girl. And we actually did, we, we did it uh, last month, and we – performed all live on Zoom. So whole cast in our own rooms, but all like coordinated virtual backgrounds, the full show, all like all scenes, all songs, all live costumes and everything. And that was actually pretty fun. Even though that was on Zoom, it really did feel like a live musical performance. So that was a that was a highlight. I was, I, it took a lot of, it took a lot of rehearsal. We were in rehearsal for many months, just figuring out how to actually put on a good show that's actually fun to watch on Zoom, but I think we I think we got it got it pretty good. So that was fun, but in general, Zoom is not the same as in person. Still.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a whole uh, virtual world. We found uh, two thousand twenty to be in um, devices and all that. You know, it's very yeah. weird.
3: It's it's wild. It's <laughs> really yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, like. You have the news bombarding everyone about all the negative and I don't know. It's crazy. Still was like that in Australia too.
3: Wow. Interesting. You know, I love Australia. I'll say, by the way, I was there several, a number of years ago. I
2: loved visiting. Mm -hmm. Do you plan to tour Sydney or what are you, what are you looking at doing in the future? Audrey?
3: Hey, I'd love to come to Australia. um, that's a good question. We're right. My managers are just now starting to, you know, reach out and look at different um, you know, live shows. I think it's still sort of everything's still a bit of a question mark of when will things open up. But um, the I think the hope would be I'd love to open. I so I, you know, pre pre shutdown had opened for. An artist named verite and then i opened also for alley and ages european tour uh prior to that which was really really fun um mm-hmm. so i would love to i think it'd be great to get um to get an opening slot for someone's tour it'd be fun to go to australia but who know who knows what if people will be traveling and touring internationally but um yeah that that's the goal is as soon as possible as soon as things open up is to get back back touring
2: yeah, do you have any venues you are looking at playing at in Australia, or you, is you don't know yet?
3: I don't know. I don't know, but I know I would love to. I'd love to come back. So <laughs> I don't know what. What are the good venues? What are the good? Uh, venues?
2: There's the Kudos Bank Arena in Sydney. There's ANZ Stadium. There's the oh. Auden Pavilion. Those are pretty popular. Awesome. Sydney Cricket Ground. Uh, if you can.
3: Yeah. That all sounds amazing. Yeah, I hey, I'll look. I'll tell my managers to look into that because I would. I would love to come back to Australia and play some shows there. That'd be so fun.
2: Do you like playing in the smaller venues or the bigger venues better for yourself?
3: Bigger the better. You the reckon? Bigger the, it's so funny. I always. I have always thought I actually perform better. Like the bigger the crowd, the like better I perform. I think because I. I don't know. I and I, I think I do better performing live than performing by my like in my room by myself because I just get so energized by the crowd and um, and energy from people there, and it's. I just yeah, I just love it. So the bigger, the better. Hopefully one day Madison Square Garden in New, in New York. That's the that'd be the big goal.
2: Wow, that'd be my dream place to go, one day. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's cool. I always found the smaller venues are better. It's a bit more engaging as well. I saw Dream Theater at the Horton Pavilion. Have you heard of them? They're like nope. a progressive – Dream Theater. They're a progressive metal band. Uh, they're really good to see live.
3: Oh, look them up. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: Small venues are fun too. I I like sometimes it's fun to go and watch a show in a small venue to, to kind of connect with the artists more. I think for me, with my kind of pop music, it's really fun to – like, the the more lights and, like, smoke machine and all that stuff, the better, like, I think with my particular kind of music. Um, but for a smaller, you know, it's also fun. I've played some, you know, smaller shows with just, like, you know, with just the piano type of thing. And those, I think, are fun to have a more intimate setting. So mm. any
2: live performance is fun. <laughs> it is. It's always good. And, um, you know, I saw, I looked up your uh, YouTube channel as well. How have you found YouTube?
3: YouTube's great. I, I mean, I'm such a fan of music videos. And that's been something fun, too, is I've still managed to film music videos um, during the pandemic. you know, all outside safely, everybody in masks, not me because I'm on camera. But um, so it's really I do. have a lot of fun making music videos for my songs because I think it just adds adds another element to to the song. And mm-hmm. I've yeah, I, it's always fun to just get creative with that. So.
2: That's so cool. You know, yeah, YouTube's such a competitive thing now too. Wow. Yeah. Um, there's a whole algorithm to deal with as well. How are you coping with that?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. I will say just online, social media, all that kind of stuff is is trickier. For Like, as I said, I'm my strength is a lot more in live performing than on social mm. media stuff. So that's been certainly an adjustment with the pandemic is – Sh- you know, having to shift my focus from just preparing for live shows because that was the way that I found by far most effective getting new fans and reaching people is if I'm performing a show, I can actually connect with people in person. And so um, it's a lot more impersonal and and different to to try to do that, whether by YouTube video or on Instagram or whatever. So, yeah, that's it's tr- That's trickier. That is trickier and something I'm still figuring out the social media world for sure. <laughs>
2: Wow. Yeah, no, social media is a whole new thing for me too, Audrey. Uh, when I started my company last year, but I uh, always found, you know, word of mouth has been better as well. What's yeah. the difference between word of mouth and social media for you?
3: I mean, I'm I'm with you on that. I've, well, I well, yeah, as I said, I think that I think playing a show, you get people more excited and then they're more willing to they're more able to willing to wanting to spread it whether it's by word of mouth or by them posting on their social medias too but i think that kind of thing i found more effective than just if i just post a picture of myself on instagram i don't know who really is gonna care i mean my current fans are gonna care but in terms of actually gaining new people mm. um i haven't found that as effective whereas you know i love playing a show and you get people excited and you, know, you have their attention for, it's, I mean, it's by far the most targeted marketing that exists, right? They're, they're there to see, you know, in my, in my experience, especially being an opener, they're there to see the headliner. My music is a similar vibe to the headliner. So they're already engaged and then mm. they're excited and then they post about it. And then, you know, getting to meet the fans after the show, too, it's just, I think, forming more of a personal connection with people as much as you can, hopefully makes them, you know, I've found they become more of a fan of me and not even just a fan of my song, because I'm hoping, yeah, I want to connect with people. And it's great. I love if anybody listens to my music and ads, it's on Spotify. But I do think social media does enable you to connect with people. And, and actually, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was doing quite a bit of live streaming on Instagram. Um, and, and got to you know build up a fun group of fans um, on my Instagram who I talked to and they messaged me and it's really, really fun to connect with people that way. So that's been nice too, but obviously it doesn't beat in person. I mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, the whole Instagram, Facebook, you got TikTok. Now, I don't use TikTok. I just got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on a new one called Web Talk as well. The, the Instagrams or uh, not the insta- algorithms on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, so competitive if you got to have like a following of 10,000 for people to discover you. And, you know, i putting all the correct hashtags in and it's, I don't know why well, it's so difficult.
3: Hey, I'm with you on that, especially on TikTok. I've started posting some TikTok stuff. I don't get it yet. You don't? <laughs> Still figuring it out. I don't know. It's random. So I'll post. I posted a video of me skiing, like a 10-second clip, and it got a bunch of views. And then I posted a, p- a video of me singing a song that I'm like, "Oh wow, I sound great on this." <laughs> it doesn't get much of anything. It's totally random. I can't mm. figure it out.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's weird.
3: Uh-huh. You know,
2: what's next with uh, Facebook and all that? What do they want to do? You know?
3: Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> Maybe there's a new a new app will come out. <laughs>
2: And, um, tech, like, uh, you're like, so it sounds to me like you're a professional singer. You, uh, you took a lot of lessons. Did you, when you were younger? Yeah.
3: Oh wow. yeah, yeah. yeah, Lessons in all sorts of instruments and, and voice and, and acting and all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. Lessons and you, are
2: great. you tried to play violin too?
3: Yeah. Violin, my first instrument since I was three years old, I've played violin. So
2: you still playing the violin, or, or what are you doing with that?
3: Sometimes. Not as not a ton, but I my sort of one violin performance a year, which didn't happen this past year, obviously, but um, at Stanford, they do every Christmas uh, a, a performance-slash-sing-along of Handel's Messiah. And so I grew up, and it was just beautiful music, I grew up going to the Stanford Messiah sing-along and singing, as so the whole audience can sing, but then when I got to Stanford, uh, my professor was the concert master of the orchestra and invited me to join the orchestra and play. Um, and then since, I now sit up front second chair with him. So I every year get to play violin for the for the Messiah performance, which is really, really fun.
2: Yeah, look, I tried to play violin. I started very late, but um, I don't know. I've got very big hands and it gets uh, a bit of a disadvantage for me. Yeah. But um, now I felt the clarinet was more suited, so I, I – played a bit of handle sort of orchestral or excerpts as well uh yeah. each to their own you know that's yeah. so cool you know violin it's not an easy instrument to play
3: yeah, violin's fun i love it and viola was fun i started viola a number of years later uh, and was in a symphony playing mm-hmm. viola and that was really fun we actually went on tour one year in germany and poland and got to play there and that was that was always really fun too
2: have you ever broken a string in the middle of a concert?
3: <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> it happens. It hasn't happened to me, luckily.
2: Now I always ask this cellist, uh, double bass, viola, violin, and what do you do? <laughs>
3: I mean, it's definitely happened to I mean, you just very quickly you have to have extra strings. You just uh you just quickly replace the string. Or I would say if a if you're the concert master and you break your string, then somebody behind you hands you their their violin and you use that.
2: Uh, that'd be awkward. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, a clarinet reed because they break so easy. You, you just chew them up so much. But strings in the violin they last you what six months before you got to change them.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, luckily, I've, yeah, luckily I haven't <laughs> haven't broken one in a in a performance.
2: They're expensive too.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they can add up.
2: You know, uh, was there any brand that you were using?
3: Oh, gosh. I don't, honestly, I don't remember because I haven't, I'm, I play more for fun these days on the violin. Yeah. So, but I do love, my violin is beautiful. I it, I love it. It's like a beautiful, warm sound. And it has these carvings of like, kind of like flowery carvings on it. I I love my violin.
2: Have you got an electric violin?
3: I do. That's a great mm. question. I have a five string electric violin. It's really cool whirly white thing and it's five strings so it's a combination of both a violin and a viola Mm -hmm. and it's it's a lot of fun to play that's a real blast yeah you
2: ever experimented with like drop tuning on your violin
3: no i haven't actually
2: like a drop d tuning you can yeah yeah 20th century for that that'd be so cool yeah electric violins are good i've actually heard them live too
3: yeah yeah, I mean Lindsay Sterling is plays her <laughs> plays her violin. She's amazing. Yeah.
2: Mm. Wow. And uh, did you get to play any like Paganini pieces when you when you when you? Oh
3: played? yes, long long ago, I did play some Paganini. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I tried some of it on the uh, clarinet. Caprice number twenty four is very wide, uh, very popular.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. It's nice to play as yeah. well.
3: No, I, my favorite was Vivaldi though. I was mm-hmm. always. Seasons. I as I said, that's how I got into violin to begin with. But I would always, you know, over the years, my teacher, because I was, you know, I was three, would write like a simplified version of the Four Seasons for me, and then over the years would sort of expand it. And eventually, I got to playing, you know, when I was older, playing all the all the seasons. But still, my that's still my favorite piece to this day.
2: Wow. Yeah, Vivaldi's good. It's always a a good bright sound as well. uh I, I studied a bit of him in music theory as well yeah. yeah, yeah. and j.s J. bark's very popular mm-hmm. yeah
3: there's so much good music out there
2: yeah mm. and uh what else do you do besides uh music with yourself
3: yeah yeah so i played on the stanford golf team um back in the day so i don't play competitively anymore but i still love to play golf for fun mm-hmm. and that's yeah, that's a, that's a blast. I mean, I do, honestly, I spend, I spend most of my time on my music because I consider, you know, I love music. It's my passion. But I also do a lot of improv mm-hmm. um, and acting. Um, what else? Yeah, I don't program. I was a computer scientist, but I don't really do much computer programming anymore. Um, I love my dogs. I have three collie dogs. So, yeah, I stay busy. Got to I, very yeah.
2: when, I, when I finished my undergrad, I tried to do computer science with Python.
3: Okay, Cool.
2: I was very terrible at that, so I, I was much better with HTML and CSS, more uh-huh. of a web developer. Yeah, computer science is interesting.
3: Yeah, it's hard. It was. A, I spent a lot of time programming back back when I was at Stanford. It was a busy, very busy time because I was doing music and on the golf team and majoring in computer science. So I always had to be on top of my various different
2: work Stanford University. that's very expensive to go there is it to study at that place
3: I think in at least in the US uh universities are expensive just in general
2: yeah wow and you play golf yeah I tried to play golf as a kid uh was always losing my patience with it it could be a frustrating
3: sport for sure
2: I think uh, if you watch like Tiger Woods videos, you just, yeah, it's inspiring. Just do oh, yeah. what you want.
3: Mm-hmm. No, I love golf. It's so, it's so fun. It was always fun too because I felt like it was the one sport where you can become friends with the people you play against mm. because you're walking and chatting with them. And some of my best friends um, were people who were on not just on my golf team um, in high school and college, but on, on, other, on the teams I played against
2: as well. Wow and uh yeah no that's so cool that you've done that yeah really yeah. is and um with uh, like uh, acting wise um have you have you always wanted to be a full-time actor
3: I mean I'm more more passionate about music for sure but i did did a lot of theater growing up um, have always loved acting mm. and as I said just performing in general I love so sort of any sort of thing that puts me on a on a stage, but I've sort of looked more recently at trying to beef up the acting side too and, and see if we can shift into more of the film TV. So that's that's new to me because my background's more in theater, but we're, we're mm. just now starting to say, okay, can we incorporate this into the music stuff as well and, and looking at that. So I do, I've done a lot of acting classes for years and, um, and all that kind of stuff too.
2: Wow, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. A lot of people in Australia would like to do that, like to be a musician full-time, you know?
3: It's fun, it's, but it's, it's a frustrating and difficult uh, difficult industry to be in, but it's it's a lot of fun.
2: I love it. Mm. Wow. Are they, uh, look, there are actors that I look up to. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, he's mm-hmm. one of my favourites. Oh, yeah. uh, Vin Diesel as well. He's good. Uh, the Fast and the Furious are the good series to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there any movies that you, you're you binge watching or any TV shows you're watching lately?
3: Oh, yeah. That I'm like, well, I watched The Bachelor, which is a little – that's not really acting. That's just mm-hmm. a reality. I do love to watch The Bachelor. Um, I'm currently watching Modern Family. I actually never watched it before, but I am having a lot of fun with that. I like a lot of the teenage drama type things, so you know, Gossip Girl, Pretty Little Liars, all that sort of stuff. Um, TV wise, and then movie wise, I am obsessed with Harry Potter. Always wow, am. I'm a Harry Potter fan, so I love all of those. Um, I love uh, Mean Girls, obviously. I love Elf. I think that's like the funniest movie ever. So yeah, lots of lots of different stuff. I do like to I, li- I like to watch watch TV quite a bit. <laughs>
2: Wow, The Bachelor. That's if I watch that, it's awkward for me. It's like, oh, what's going on? Oh
3: my god, it's just, it's, it is a hilarious show to watch. It's so entertaining. Mm
2: -hmm. I actually, I actually put my name down to be a contestant on that, but did me back. Yeah.
3: Oh my god, that's amazing. (laughs) In
2: Australia, but uh, never heard anything back. Oh well. No, it's uh, like there's been a TV show going on for years, The Bold and the Beautiful, as well.
3: Been oh, I have a- that actually. Hmm.
2: And uh, we we got Neighbours and Home and Away in Australia as well. But uh, yeah, I've binge watched a couple of shows. I'm watching a series on Amazon Prime called Startup at the moment.
3: Oh, interesting. Huh? Is it good? Oh yes. Okay. I'll look into that. That's cool.
2: Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, it's good stuff out there.
3: There's a lot of good shows out. I've found there's a lot. I have a, I have a very long list of shows that I want to watch, but I'm kind of going one in general, one, well, not one at a time, but just a few at a time. But I have, like, I really want to watch the queen's gambit, but I haven't, but I'm told that that's really great. So that's probably next. And stranger things. I really, really like too. Mm -hmm. That's, there's just a lot, there's a lot of good TV out there.
2: Mm. And, uh, Harry Potter, like, like I remember seeing Order of the Phoenix as a kid, that went on for so long. The books like so thick as well. Just kept going on and on and on.
3: I love Harry Potter. I was just the biggest fan. I had two Harry Potter birthday parties when I was younger. Cause I kind of grew up being around the same age as Harry Potter, as the books were coming out. Um, but yeah, I also had a magic club at school. Everybody called me Harry Potter. So I was just all into it and, you know, going at midnight for to get the books in the bookstore or to see the movies. Wow. I met J.K. Rowling, actually. I dressed as Harry Potter. I don't remember. I think it was after book three, maybe. But I was dressed as Harry Potter, went to book signing and met her and was interviewed on Nickelodeon and CBS, dressed as Harry Potter about why I love Harry Potter. Mm-hmm.
2: Great. Yeah, uh, is, Ni- is Nickelodeon still going? Are they still around? I
3: think so. I don't really watch it anymore, but I think so, yeah.
2: And then there's the Disney Channel. I-, I think they're still around.
3: Oh, yeah. I watched a lot of Disney Channel growing up.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Me- that.
2: Remember there was one called Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus. That was popular.
3: I watched that, and That's So Raven, Phil of the Future, mm-hmm. lots of good stuff, Yeah.
2: Uh, I think on Nickelodeon was the Jonas Brothers, and, and there was Drake and Josh.
3: Yeah, I watched that too. I was Nickelodeon and Disney Channel were my two my two channels growing up.
2: No, they they bring back memories. They do yeah. those shows, but uh, yeah, and uh, that's so cool. Stanford University, wow! It
3: was fun. Lots of work, but fun.
2: <laughs> was it? what was her and uh, computer science that's that's not an easy thing to do.
3: Yeah, it was a lot. The Stanford CS course is just it's, it's no joke. So my undergrad CS focus was in graphics, so I actually interestingly it is quite relevant to my daily life as a musician, not the coding part, but graphics in terms of photography and graphic design and video editing and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then my master's in CS was in human computer interaction. Um, and a lot of, there was a lot of crossover actually with music courses in the computer music department. So Stanford has a recording studio on campus. Mm. That's just beautiful and amazing. And, uh, so I, you know, I took classes there where I'm, which counted for my major, where you're learning how to record and miking techniques and mixing and all that kind of recording studio stuff. So actually... A lot of the, a lot of the CS stuff was really quite relevant
2: as well. <laughs> yeah. Cause when I, I, when I was doing Python, right. They'd give us like a uh, little coding exercises, eh, exercises with exorcism.io or something like that. And I'd be trying to code it, but I'd keep getting all these syntax errors all the time. I just lose my patience, Audrey.
3: Yeah. You ha- I, there were, I had many, many long days and nights coding. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a lot.
2: And Actually, like, when I was going to a meetup with some software engineers, they said, just stick with music, Steven.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, I liked computer science, though. Honestly, I think for me as well, even though I always knew I was going to do music, I wasn't ever going to be a programmer, I was kind of like, I would rather spend 10 hours coding than 10 hours writing an essay. So, or even five hours writing an essay, I was just, Mm. which is weird because I do love to write music, but in terms of writing essays, that kind of stuff, that just really wasn't my thing. I would much rather, um,
2: just code something. Yeah. Yeah. We had to write a lot of essays in music as well.
3: Mm.
2: We had to think critically. Yeah. Yeah. It taught me a lot.
3: math and science stuff, even though I'm a musician, I have a very large sort of like math and science part of my brain.
2: Yeah. Wow. I'm very terrible with math, actually.
3: Oh really? I love math. I almost majored in math, actually, just because I really, really love it.
2: Wow, (laughs) that's so cool. Now I've got a friend who's a mathematician, and uh, it's a whole other language for me. Very complicated. No, wow, that's that's amazing, Audrey. That you did all that. Yeah. And doing music, interesting. Yeah. Because I thought about changing careers, actually. When I, when I finished in 2018, um, after four years of study, I was fed up with it. And I wanted to get a nine-to-five job as an employee in sales. But then I get, like, three bosses telling me, why don't you go and do something with music? And um, my jaw just dropped. Like, whoa. So last year, the pandemic, I started my company, Shields Productions, and I'm an entrepreneur now.
3: That's awesome. I think it's just great to follow your passion. That's, I mean, that's how I looked at it is I was like, music's been my passion since I was three. I'm going to do it. It was just never really a question, which I do mm. feel very fortunate to have found my passion at such a young age because I know a lot of people are, you know, are still searching for what that is. But, um, so I'm glad that you also found music as your passion. And mm. that too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's all good. You know, and, uh, so what, what else are you working on with yourself?
3: Yeah, I mean, lots of writing. So I've got I've got um, a handful more singles in the works. So new music coming soon, and just sort of figuring out uh, the release plan and everything with that. But that's kind of the primary thing is um, is just trying to write a lot of music and get it out there. And and then as soon as things open up, to get back to performing. But that's that's there's still certainly some number of months before that's gonna happen. But. So lots of writing. Answers. How do
2: you how do you feel about the royalties on Spotify and all that?
3: Yeah, that it's so tricky. I mean, you just you just don't make you just don't make much from from that. It's just mm. yeah, it's unfortunate. It's you too know, bad. It's too bad because you used to. I think it used to be. You know, the music industry is changing, and there are some there are good things and bad things about the direction. I think. It's great, I think, on the positive. It's great that uh, anyone can sort of do it, and anyone can put stuff out there. But also, you're not making as much on streaming, and there's also just so much more noise to kind of break through uh, for people to find your work as well.
2: Yeah, look, a lot of musicians are not very happy with Spotify, yeah. even, even the um, previous ones before me and you. <laughs> uh, they the vinyl and cassette and C D generation. I've put my stuff on Bandcamp as well. Uh the royalty free music libraries. Uh that's where I've gone. But you know, I think it's what, a hundred thousand streams on Spotify, that's only fifty bucks, roughly. Oh
3: know. Yeah. I mean yeah, that's the thing. You just can't count on making any anything significant from Spotify. You just don't.
2: Mm. It's it's really too bad. Yeah. But that's what it is, yeah. Uh, but have you looked at uh doing the royalty free libraries yourself?
3: I haven't really actually. I mean, I usually just put it all out on the Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, Google Play, all that stuff. Um, that's interesting. That's interesting. Maybe I should look into that though.
2: Well, you yeah. sell it for a one off fee like I don't know, a thousand bucks, it's a thousand bucks in your pocket, you know. Yeah. know.
3: Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe was actually,
2: should... actually a film composer advised me to do it, uh, to do that. I'll never. Just, yeah, Bandcamp, you said? Yeah, Bandcamp or Envato Elements, Pond 5, Motion Elements, the royalty free library.
3: That's a, yeah, that's actually hmm, that's a good idea. I'm mm. going to look into that. I'll add that to my to-do list. That's a great idea actually.
2: Yeah. And and, and don't, Audrey, don't sell your work too cheap as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. i am I'm I need to talk to my team about that because that's that's an interesting, interesting
2: idea. Mm. I like that the hard way when I'll start now. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. There's so much talent out there. I like I like talented listening to talented people. <laughs> bring something new to the table
3: oh yeah i agree there's some there's just so much good music i love one thing that i think is so fun about music is that there's no in a in a way you don't really need to come i mean there is some like competing with other people but in a way you don't really need to because somebody if someone's a fan of this person it doesn't mean that they can't also be a fan of me and i think that's kind of fun because i think hopefully that's you know you can you can try to share fans in a way and i think that's that's something that, that is really nice.
2: Mm. Yeah. Has it been a easy or a hard journey for you to be a pop musician and tour? I
3: mean, it's it's definitely a hard journey and i and i you know, and the journey still continues. My ultimate goal is to be bigger than Taylor Swift. That hasn't happened yet, so i'm going to keep keep working till i get there, but yeah, it's hard, it's hard because I you know, I think every what I've found is every step that I've every sort of step that progresses my career feels like it's just a little step but couldn't have happened without the step before it. So, you know, it sort of started with I would for my whole life write music, but okay, cool, I'm a writer, I'm not a producer, so what do I do with that? And then started self-producing stuff when I started Stanford and then okay, that's now I'm at that level. Now with that stuff, what, how can I improve the next step? Well, I can find somebody who is a real producer who's better than I am. And then that took a long time trying to look for how do I find a good producer? And then I finally found, and I tried 14 different people and I found a good producer. And then with that was able to release my first EP colors. And then that did uh, you know, a certain, you know, it did, I was happy with some elements of how it did, but it obviously didn't take off to be the biggest thing, which is what I was hoping. So then what's the next step? Okay, now I need to get a manager. And it's just sort of like every step feels like, you know, there's a lot of disappointment because you just keep trying and, mm. and nothing ever takes off quite in the way you hope, but but you kind of have to just take it a, a day at a time and stay positive and believe in yourself, I've found, and, and just... Uh, you know, just my voice teacher says to me a couple of weeks ago is like being OK, being in the mass and being in the journey, which mm. I think is a good thing, because I sometimes get more focused on the destination where it's like, oh, no, well, this I wanted this to be to do this well. And it didn't and it didn't do exactly what I wanted. Like, oh, no. And it's like, no, but in the music industry it's going, there's going to be disappointments and you're going to be living in a lot of uncertainty and you kind of have to just live in that and and be okay with it. And I, I thought that was good advice that that my teacher gave me, so.
2: Yeah, look, I'm in the process of looking for an agent myself. Um, I'm starting out. I've only been doing it for one year. Okay. Um, what is the tour life like for you?
3: Tiring, yeah.
2: Tiring. Yeah.
3: Especially, so the European tour I did with Ali Nature was my first... I mean, it was my first like real tour. I'd done a lot of shows, um, but it was more like one-off shows and, and more like local tour stuff. But, oh my goodness, the, like the European tour, that was, it was the most fun I've ever had and the most tired I've ever been because you're city to city and you're, you know, you go, you go, you know, our first shows in London. So we play that show and then, you know, and you show up early. Like I, I also, for me, when I'm, like a show day or like when I was on tour or whatever, I, I can, my mindset is I'm here. I'm not here for fun. I'm here for work. And so I was not at all going off and having fun and touring around, like, you know, going around, exploring London or whatever, that kind of stuff. I was like, I'm here for work. I'm going to make sure everything that I'm doing is, is with only the mindset of the show. So it's from the moment you wake up, it's like, wake up, like do my steaming of my voice, vocal warm up, eat, Food that is going to, that I know is going to be good for my voice and my stomach. That's going to be you know that's going to help me. Some more warm ups. You know, get to the venue early because I'm not going to be late. Make sure my stuff's set up. You know, sound check, hair and makeup, all this stuff. Play the show. Now wait till the openers or wait till the headliners play their set. Talk to the fans at the merch booth after the show. Take it all down. I'm back to my hotel at midnight. Then I got to mm. eat. And then, you know, your you know, sleep at 2 a.m., you got to get up not that many hours later to catch the flight or train to the next city and then mm-hmm. do it all, all over again. So it, it's really, it's really tiring. Um, but just, I mean, just the most fun ever. It's it was just, it's just a, a blast to get to play all these shows mm-hmm. um, and meet people and play all the different venues and cities and stuff. I mean, I just love it. Boy, is it tiring. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I've been there myself because I played uh, Hansel and Gretel opera, a few orchestras, and I can't sleep after, you know.
3: Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, there's just a lot, and especially for, you know, especially like, yeah, as I said, I feel like I'm I'm like, okay, I'm here for work, so I'm also going to be really, really careful to not mm-hmm. get sick pre-coronavirus, I'm already with somebody who's, you know, wiping down the airplane seats and sanitizing my hands all the time. Cause I'm, I, you know, you often get sick, especially international traveling. So I'm like, I'm not going to get sick. I'm going to make sure I'm hydrating make sure my voice is warm. I'm going to make sure I'm eating something that maybe I want to have that really delicious looking thing, but I'm not going to have that because what if that makes me sick or, or gets phlegm in my throat or whatever. So it's really, it's just, I was, I'm just, you know, planning everything out, making sure that I'm on my A-game for every show.
2: Yeah, look, the problem with touring is, uh, look, I've been on some tours for holidays. Is It's just um, you don't sleep properly and yeah. you got to get up at 8 o'clock in the morning with a hangover and sit on a bus. That's not fun. Been there, done that. Ugh. Um, get sick, as you said, but, you know... You just, I don't know. I don't know how it works as a musician. Do you get like a day or two off or what is it like?
3: Yeah. yeah. So I think for like that tour, we had, we played London, Manchester, Dublin one day after another, and then had two days off and then had Paris and Amsterdam one day after another. So yeah, there's some, there's some.
2: Do they off. fly you first class or business or economy? What, what is it for you?
3: I with that I was mostly taking the trains I think.
2: Gotcha. I think it was a,
3: I must have flown I think I I must have flown from Manchester to Dublin. I think the rest was just a train. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, wow. That is awesome.
3: Mhm. Oh, it was so fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, Europe Europe's quite quite a long tour as well. So is Australia I mean Australia is a massive place, Audrey.
3: Oh, I know. I went to Australia. I remember it. But you know what? The I was amazed by how efficient the airline within Australia was. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it because I was with my family on a family trip a number of years ago and we were, I think flew into Sydney, but went to a whole bunch of different places, you know, where you're flying. Every single flight was so easy on time, no delays. I was just amazed at the, how easy and efficient it was. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely a big place, but it's so beautiful. Oh my goodness. I can't wait to come back. It'd be so fun to play to play some shows there.
2: Mm. I can tell you about one time I I was coming back from uh, Darwin, Northern Territory to Sydney. My flight from Darwin to Sydney got cancelled and Virgin Airlines, who was flying with, didn't tell me. So I had to go from Darwin to Brisbane, then Brisbane back to Sydney. Got home at about 11 o'clock at night that night. People are pissed off when their flights are delayed.
3: Yeah, I would just maybe I just got lucky. <laughs> like we're all easy and on time, and sh- you know, short, short flights throughout Australia and stuff. I fa- I just thought it was. I was amazed because I was very used to, especially when I fly to LA. There's a lot of delays and it's really annoying. And I was like, "Wow, Australia is easy."
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah, LA airport, they're very slow there.
3: Yeah, that's why I like to f- Burbank Airport. I found is just tiny little airport and it's it's for me from san francisco down there it's like a 50 minute flight it's so easy it's Mm. just just a a breeze so that's my when i can that's where i fly into
2: Mm -hmm. wow that's amazing that is so cool to be able to tour like that yeah (laughs) (laughs) what about uh hotels like do you stay in what five-star hotels or how does it work for you
3: no, I mean, when I'm in LA, I stay. I have a friend who has a place that I stay with always. So that's easy. And then, no, I stay in, I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't even remember. I think I was mostly, I was just staying where I didn't pick my hotels. I just stayed where, um, where the, like, where Allie and AJ were staying.
2: What, what about when you toured Europe?
3: Yeah, that was the Europe tour. I was just staying with, uh, in the, the same places that they were. Mm-hmm. So not too, not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was, and actually, that's not even true. And several, I also stayed with friends in several of the cities. Like one of my best friends lived in London. I stayed with her. Um, one of my best friends at the time also was was living in Amsterdam at the time. I stayed with him. So, you know, find, yeah,
2: just Oh, I'd, I'd love to go to Amsterdam.
3: Yeah. It was also so fun to be able to have two of my very best friends come to my Europe tour. I mean, mm. that that was awesome. Yeah.
2: Wow, that is amazing to go to Amsterdam and all those European countries. Wow. fun. <laughs> you know. Yeah, Audrey, look, thanks for coming on today's show. It was very great uh, to have you today.
3: Yeah, thank you for having me. This was great to talk with you.
2: You know, where can people find you on social media or where can yeah, they find so- you?
3: Find me at uh, Audrey, which is spelled A-U-D-R-I-I-X. Yep. So it's a silent X, double I. So it's, it's pronounced Audrey like Audrey Hepburn, but A-U-D-R-I-I-X. And so uh, Instagram, If you, that's my username, is Audrey spelled that way. Um, and then, you know, Spotify. And uh, if you go to Audrey.com, I've got links to everything, but also if you just look up my name on Spotify or Apple Music or any of that, any of that stuff, you can find me. Um, got a bunch of music out and uh, yeah, most recent single I released is was called Waste a Goodbye. So um, you can find that on also on YouTube music video. That was a fun music video. There's you'll see some cool like shadow dancing sort of stuff going on. So yeah, if you just look up my name, A-U-D-R-I-I-X on on Instagram, uh, Spotify, album music, uh, YouTube, anywhere you'll you'll find me.
2: Awesome! Keep up the great work. Keep up the talent. Always looking forward to listening to your stuff too.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks for listening to today's episode of the podcast. Thank you to the sponsors Grammarly Premium, VidIQ. And uh, Buddy. also don't forget to get your uh, free trial of Amazon Music Unlimited. Just click on the link to my website to find out more. Also, new podcasts are out every Friday as well. Also, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel so you can watch this show on video as well. Turn on your notifications, guys. Also, if you'd like, you can send a donation to my GoFundMe page this helps support the podcast uh you know with upgrading equipment and all that thank you for listening and bye for now
1: hike the trail check order takeout check schedule heart checkup done we've all adapted to a new way of living keep your health care on schedule with johns hopkins medicine where your health and safety are our highest priorities we're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across maryland and the greater washington region your health our experts safely caring for you schedule your care now learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward safe hike the trail check order takeout check schedule heart checkup done we've all adapted to a new way of living keep your health care on schedule with johns hopkins medicine where your health and safety are our highest priorities